Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast. This is Andy Sylvester, editor of City AM, soon to set off to the Guildhall for the City AM Awards, where we celebrate the very best and brightest of the London business community. It promises to be a fantastic evening. Nominees for categories including Business of the Year, like AstraZeneca after their work on the COVID-19 vaccine, and the one they all want to win, the Personality of the Year, Anne Bowden from Starling, Sir Nigel Wilson from Legal and General, Sir Nigel Knowles from DWF. You don't have to be called Nigel, but it helps. Alongside Kate Nichols and great city commentator David Buick, all up for that. Who will take it home? Find out in tomorrow's City AM. For now, though, skipping the corporate headlines today because we've got a bumper chat with one of our favourite guests, Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. Plenty to talk about, Victoria. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Nice to speak to you again. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, why don't we start across the pond, actually? Um, bit of breaking news about two hours ago. Um, awful lot of analysts predicting GDP growth in the States of 1% or more in the first quarter. Mm. I think it's fair to say the actual number um, set the cat among the pigeons a bit. Yeah, I mean, we've seen this surprise uh, negative reading of 1.4% in the first quarter as the first contraction since we were at the height of the pandemic in mid-2020. And it's been driven by um, a lot of problems that have been well flagged for some time, like the supply chain issues, like the labour shortages, uh, like inflation and, and the war in Ukraine as well. But this is quite surprising to see a negative quarter of growth for the world's largest economy. Um, and it'll be interesting from the perspective of the Fed, because there's been so much talk about this accelerated path towards tightening. It's expected to carry out a double 50 basis point hike at its next meeting in May. Price uh, Traders are pricing in a 100% chance of that. And we're looking at another three potential 50 basis point hikes uh, later in the year. But now, if we get another quarter of negative growth, then we're in a technical mm. recession. So it might uh, sort of give the Fed at least something to think about in terms of moving too fast and too hard in terms of raising rates. Yeah, those predictions of recession starting on the UK side as well, not predictions of recession, but at least an acknowledgement that it's not completely out of the woods, which of course was very much not in the playbook, not in the plan as we were coming out of the pandemic. The idea, if you take away inflation, supply chain crises, all of these, was that these global economies would rebound. We could be set for a sort of booming 20s, a roaring 20s. It certainly looks like at least the first half of of the twenties are going to be yeah. a long way away from from booming, Not but quite booming. We shall yeah. um, we shall wait and see what happens. Why don't we go um, from from there to the corporate front? It's been sure. a busy week of uh, bank reporting for financial journalists. Christmas comes four times a year, so we've had HSBC <laughs> with some um, uh, concerns about default rates. Um, we have had Lloyd's ditto similar concerns today. A um, couple of banks reporting. Let's start with Barclays. Um, new boss, Venkat, as he's known. Obviously, we've already heard about the US uh, selling issue and the half a billion quid that that will take off the bottom line of Barclays. Um, but a bit of a mixed bag, really, wasn't it? Yeah, but when we look at the share price reaction, investors are taking it as largely positive because the stock was up by about 
4%. percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw this uh, first quarter net profit figure come in at 1.4 billion pounds. Really, really strong. That was double analysts' expectations, more than double, in fact. And then group income rose by 10% year on year. So we saw this was thanks to strong investment banking earnings overall, driven by uh, a lot of activity within global markets. A lot of investors and traders uh, trying to navigate the volatility, and that led to uh, more volumes in terms of transactions on the trading floor. Um, like you say, you pointed to uh, that SEC investigation that hasn't seemed to have dented the shares. I think largely because it was something that we already knew mm. about; it already been signposted. But like we uh, discussed, the bank has set aside uh, just over five hundred million pounds to deal um, with the issue. And yeah, I mean, it's difficult for Venkat. You know, he was brought on to sort of clean up uh, the bank after Jez Staley mm. quit over his relationship with the convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein last November. So this is just another scandal that the bank doesn't need right now. Yeah, another scandal that it, the, the Jess Daly stuff is, of course, going to flare up again because he famously left Barclays to go and fight these accusations. We mm. still await, you know, the final conclusions or the report from the the FCA and then Barclays will respond. So this is going to drag and drag and it will hang around Venkat's neck for rightly, rightly or wrongly um, for a while. Yeah, let's go to um, another bank which has seen a positive share price reaction, a very positive share price reaction today. That's Stanchart. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because this is known as being in a very much an emerging markets focused lender, which I'd say right now is not really to its advantage, given the fact that Russia is near collapse, given the fact that the US dollar is trading in a serious upward movement. And we're also seeing a potential slowdown uh, in China. But it's those interest rates and the rising rate environment that's really helping Standard Chartered and pointing to an improvement in terms of its uh, net interest margins. We saw the stock up a whopping 15% uh, at the top of the FTSE 100. It reported a 6% jump in first quarter profits, beating analyst expectations. And we've seen that it's also raised its earnings guidance for the full year. So that's really helping to lift the stock. Um, So we did see an improvement in terms of the investment bank. But because of that sort of slowdown in China and the mm. lockdown measures that we've seen there in response to its COVID outbreak, we've seen a decline in wealth management income uh, there. So that is something just to watch out for in terms of the quarters ahead. Yeah, a lot of those banks um, and insurers and really any business that has significant exposure in Asia, all keeping a very close eye on China's mm. zero COVID policy, um, purely because there seems no, I mean, we don't want to get too far into politics, but you know, there seems no exit route for the Chinese Communist Party here. It seems that they've chosen zero COVID and that's the path they're going to pursue. And when you look at it, when you look at how COVID-19 works, as we all know, having you know all experienced it in, a, in our own different ways, yeah. um, you can't just turn it off. So I guess the question for all of those corporates in China is, you know, at what point do you, it's very difficult to predict really, um, what impacts that will have on, on bottom lines going forward. Yeah, and it's just really surprising to see that they are staying very firm on this zero tolerance COVID policy because of the uh, detrimental impact that it's going to have on its economy. You would have thought that it would want to prioritise its economy coming out of the pandemic, but clearly very, very focused on COVID instead. Yeah, well, and again, on politics, we've got Xi Jinping, who's hoping to, by the end of the year, basically secure his political immortality um, and mm. be appointed for a slightly longer period than most Chinese leaders have. And, and maybe this is part of the the, the pro process towards that is is this we can't U-turn because it implies that, you know, the, the 
the leader of the country got it wrong and maybe that's not where he wants to be. Either way, economically, it's going to have a massive hit in China, a massive hit um, globally as, as supply chains gum up. And um, let's look uh, back across the ponds, a bit of a globetrotting tour today. Um, <laughs> well, last night, late last night, we have results out of Meta. And actually, in a world in which we keep being told that digital subscriptions, digital users are falling, be it Netflix or or whomsoever, um, Mm. some surprising news, I think, when it comes to Facebook users in particular. Yeah, I'd say uh, we, we saw this big jump in the shares, about 15% after hours, earnings per share uh, topping analyst expectations. But uh, the point needs to be made that these were generously low expectations. <laughs> um, and, and the revenue figure disappointed, uh, which was largely as expected, because back in February, when we saw that huge 26% slump in the stock, that was uh, the biggest move to the downside uh on a stock in its history, um, that was as a result of it guiding for weaker revenue for the current quarter. So we were already penciling a disappointing revenue figure here. Earnings had been downgraded in terms of the expectations, but the stock managed to meet a downgraded bar. Mm. Um, One of the more positive parts of the report was the daily active users figure, which came in at 1.96 billion. That came in ahead of uh, analyst expectations. But, you know, it's been really interesting to see how much this stock has gone from being the darling of the tech sector to massively falling out of favor among investors. You know, before today's bounce, the stock was down by about 50% since uh, the peak in September. But it is a very fickle and competitive world of social media. You know, we've Mm. seen this shift in preferences away from feeds and stories that Facebook is very much built on towards TikTok style short form video. Um, And that's really come at the expense of uh, Facebook. And it's also been dealing with this fallout from new privacy rules from Apple, which actually cost Facebook $10 billion last year in terms of sales. Yeah, it's... um I, I don't know about you, but it feels like to me, and maybe it's just these tech giants, or maybe obviously it's just the fact that we're all interested in them because we all use them mm. or all household names. Um, yeah. But we do just seem to be in a world of tremendous stock price, share price volatility at the moment, especially with those big players. I mean, like you said, you know, 26% fall, 50% on the year, and then yeah. last night shooting back up. Um, it, it, I've spoken to a few people now, and they, they sort of, it, it feels like on a, on, on a, almost daily basis we see these big swings and we're almost becoming sort of slightly inured to them we just think it's normal when actually if you take a step back these are these are really historic share price moves yeah i mean we are becoming desensitized to the moves that we're seeing in the tech sector and, and you wouldn't have thought it a year ago or two years ago because these were the absolute standout winners for many many years so it really does come as a big surprise and you know we saw a huge drop in netflix uh, at the moment this week, we're seeing a big drop in Tesla uh, and mm. concerns about what Musk's acquisition of Twitter could mean in terms of financing, in terms of his ownership of uh, the EV maker. Yes, we are seeing these massive, massive moves. And I think what we're starting to see is the emergence of almost a two-speed tech sector. We're seeing the Microsofts uh, and some of the other real, real strong stocks in the sector uh, continue to push higher, while some of the other companies that perhaps are built on slightly shakier foundations are starting to fall behind. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be fascinating to watch. We almost did it, Victoria. We almost went through this whole segment without saying Elon Musk, but just at the end, <laughs> I you, couldn't uh, help myself. You got in there. <laughs> Let um, the team down. <laughs> indeed not. Um, thanks so much for joining us, as ever, Victoria. Thank you so much. 
That was Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. Always great to have Victoria on the show. And my goodness, what a lot of news there is around at the moment. I'm off to the awards. Tomorrow will be our tech podcast, as ever, with Nathan De Silva and the rest of the gang. From me, though, have a wonderful weekend, a bank holiday weekend, and we'll see you on the other side.